I am Stefan Coritar and welcome to the Tech Talk Podcast. This is the show where you can discover insights and valuable information about how entrepreneurs build their startup in the tech industry and the way the tech business works. I have conversations about technology, innovation, people and life around tech businesses and communities with the main goal to help you get inspired, get started, dream big and build amazing businesses. My guest today is Emmett King. Emmett is Chief Operational Officer and Minority Shareholder at Virtek, a publicly traded European software and electronics engineering solutions company. He is responsible for implementing strategic growth and professional development plans as well as all of their operations. He is a businessman from America with over 17 years of practical experience in Romania. He loves living and working in Cluj-Napoca and has traveled to most of the regions of Romania enjoys a good knowledge of the country and its history and is working to improve his proficiency in speaking Romanian. Emmet is an entrepreneur with many decades of proven success in business creation and startups, strategic planning and execution, business development and management, sales and negotiations, client relationships, operational excellence, marketing and branding, team development and training and staffing. He has implemented those successes worldwide within a wide range of industries including software development, business consulting, training and development, international logistics, solid waste management, recycling, public accounting and auditing. Emmet is a good friend and I always, always learn new things when we talk. This is part two of the podcast. Make sure you find out the part one on your favorite podcast platform and enjoy the rest of the conversation for this part two. Coming back to the dev equity, just a small thing that we kind of started and we see as a unique market opportunity right now in, in Romania, since we talked also about uh, freight forwarding is and also waste management, is that uh, what we've seen um, being like uh, busy bees in the ecosystem is that Romanian startups or Eastern European startups lack heavily marketing and go to market and sales and uh, that's why we kind of decided from a business perspective so we can set up and establish the business uh, profitable uh, we said okay let's take care of the go-to-market department first and right now what and so that's uh, up and running we have uh, 10 people over there and what we're doing right now is that we have a short list of companies that we're gonna exchange equity for go-to-market services we're kind of being a broker and becoming like, uh, you know, services for equity uh, business model on that part. So um, that's super interesting for us and, and what's happening. Also, There's going a number back of to companies the... in Romania that have been quite successful with, uh, uh, with Dev for Equity, uh, two or three in Pucrest and one or two here in, in, in Cluj. Uh, and it's, it's worked for them. And now they have equity in five, six, seven you know, startups. And not just in Romania. They've reached out and they've, you know, they've, uh, they've done it in, in the U.S. and in, in the U.K. So it's, it, it does work. Uh, it just has to, you have to, you know, balance it out, yeah. the risk, as always. Yeah. I uh, I agree, and also also uh, the uh, the interesting part what I've seen uh, is that the regarding the employee stock options plan, yeah, Romanians are not very like kind of educated in in those terms, and they do prefer five euros now <laughs> over twenty euros next year. Um, not but, not just Romanians; it's all it's almost all Europeans. It still is yeah. an issue in Europe. The yeah. options 
Even the laws are, are just being changed in France and Germany. Yeah, I agree. So I, I like I kinda... to say it's not just it's not just my colleagues; <laughs> it's Europeans. <laughs> uh, I agree, but w- what I want to say is that kind of I see uh, changes in this space because you have you know companies, uh, big companies coming from from US, not all companies, right? That uh, pl- come and open up uh, like a software development uh, subsidiary over here, or research and innovation, whatever they they want to name it. But they are offering employee stock options to to the employees and therefore you know people start learning uh, about it and how does that work and how do you you know apply those uh, what kind of taxes you have to pay because kind of your earnings that those are your one part of the earnings right so you have to pay taxes and all these kind of dynamics that the employees have to learn and definitely that's going to be something that it's going to be um, helpful along the line in 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 the evolution of the kind of stock market education yeah and 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 similar to getting into startups it was uh, it was uh, a selfish reason that i myself wanted options in the company i was helping to build uh and and uh, and it just made sense to include everybody else um as well uh, not just the management team not just me not just the management team but as many people as as i could get the board to agree to um and it was it, it's it's I see it as an expat coming with a very different business experience, life experience than most Romanians. It's my responsibility to share that knowledge and to help people to learn and to grow and, and help the country and, and, and the ecosystem to develop. And it's quite similar on the, on the startup side as well. Yeah. I, uh, uh, I've been an entrepreneur for, for forever, you know, for a long, long time. And I joke that entrepreneurship has taken money from my left pocket and put it in my right pocket. And if there's a hole in my right pocket, I lost it, but it was my money. I lost it. Yeah. <laughs> but angel investing means I take the money from my left pocket and I give it to you. And yeah. that was outside of my comfort zone because I was always betting on me and my read and my instinct and me in running the business. And so it's been uh, since 2013 when I knew I was going to inherit some money. Um, I began to do a lot of reading, a lot of studying about what's the difference between an entrepreneur and an angel investor mm-hmm. uh, and what's the difference between an angel investor and, and a venture capitalist and to begin to learn. And the ecosystem in Cluj has grown very well from 2012, 2013, uh, uh, when, uh, when Taxylvania began and, and uh and they had uh, startup competition and uh, startups began to, to have ways to showcase themselves. Uh, down in Bucharest, they have been doing angel investing for a long time. You know, Radu Georgescu sold yeah. out in 99 and 2003. And so then he reinvested. And so they've been doing it down there. And Tech, uh, tech Angels, uh, the Bucharest group has, has been doing it for quite a long time. But uh, it hasn't been formalized up here in Transylvania until, uh, until recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh and now we're uh, the organization that i started with with Mircea Vadan is uh, is an outgrowth of Cluj startups which he started in 2012 or 2013 um and um he saw the need uh when i uh, talked to him he was seeing the need that he he was helping the startups with Cluj startups and even branched out into fresh blood right for just yeah. the medical startups so that there was yeah. enough but th- that there there was no good connection for getting the startups to the capital, getting it to the angels. Um, and for myself, I, uh, I was, uh, as an extrovert, I was going around telling people my plans. I have some money and I'd like to increase my muscle and decrease my risk 
Do you mm -hmm. have five or 10K that you would invest if I find something that I think is worthwhile and I'll put my own money into? Mm -hmm. And so I had 10 or 15 people that said uh, yes. And when I met with Mircea, he said, well, I, mean, I, I know 10 or 15 people and it would be good for clue <laughs> startups. Why, why don't we do something? I said, no, I don't want to do anything formalized. But then I realized that Mircea's a guy I could trust and Mircea had an organization behind him. Um, and, uh, and so that's why we developed the Transylvania Angels Network, which is part of Clue Startups. And it was free for two years. We just monetized it recently. It's only 200 euros a year to join. But when you join, you sign a contract uh, of a donation to Clue uh, Startups. That's awesome. Yeah, Mitya told me something around, uh, around that fact. And I think it's a, it's a brilliant idea to monetize it. I think it's going to bring even more interested people into the club. Definitely. Yeah, it's it's um it's been a slow start, but it's also because Mircea and I are just like being honest, and we told people we, we haven't done this yet, and and when we when we organized it, we hadn't made it an, an investment yet, mm -hmm. and uh, I think some people were expecting us to say, hey, we're the experts, we're setting up an angel network in Clues, you come here and we'll take care of you, and that wasn't something that we were prepared to do because we didn't want to create a fund because we didn't have a fund manager. I'm not a yeah. fund manager. Mircea's not a fund manager. People still asking us to do a fund. Maybe we'll do something in the future. Um, in Timisoara, they do it that way with a fund. In, in Yash, they've done it with a fund. Uh, in Bucharest, no. Uh, it's more of a network where they create their own funding and special purpose vehicles. They syndicate, um, right? So from, yeah, from the beginning, uh, I even scared some people by saying that this is risky and you should only come with your Vegas money. <laughs> Yeah, only the ones that you can spend. <laughs> the ones you can afford to lose. Exactly, afford to lose. Yeah, yeah. And what I found is that, you know, a lot of people like the idea, angel investing now is La Moda, you know, mm -hmm. and, and over time, there's a number of people that I had a great lunch with four years ago that said, absolutely, I mean, I have 10,000, five, 10,000 for, for some investing. But, you know, when it comes time to sign on the dotted line and pull that cash out and give it to somebody else, yeah, there, there's a lot of, uh, and not just because they're Transylvanian, but they're, 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 they're reticent. And I used to joke that, uh, oh, I don't like, you know, that, that uh, the reason I needed more people around was because, you know, somebody won't like the team or they won't like the market or they won't like the business plan or, you know, they just remodeled the kitchen so that that money is gone. So this is the idea of having more and more uh, people around us. Uh, the mailing list for us is, is uh, 130 people approximately. Uh, the membership is, uh, is right around 20. Um, and I agree with you that, uh, that we do need to become more and more professional and offer mm -hmm. more and more value. Mm -hmm. um, and we're doing that uh, by learning ourselves, but also by aligning ourselves with the other angel networks here in Romania as well as outside. So we're bringing in special guests and we're connecting ourselves to Estonia, to Switzerland, to the UK, uh, and, and learning from the experts who've been doing a lot longer. Angels Den in the UK uh, is, uh, was run by, and is run by Romanian uh, guys, um, businessmen. And uh, they came and were so pleased to, to offer us advice and help. And uh, uh, they said they would even give us their, uh, uh, their funnel for how they get to startups. But they're getting 20,000 startups a year flying to them. <laughs> and we don't quite have that many. Uh, but again, just it's, it, you know, if you ask people to help you, uh, they will. And uh, uh, for the most part, and even outside of Romania as well as within Romania. Uh, the first investment that I made is in Telios. It's just a telemedicine company. And uh, it was a private placement when the company went from a Sutale to a Su'a. So mm -hmm. 
society on, on actions. So you yeah. can have more shareholders. Uh, and so that was, uh, uh, that was the first time that I went back to my group. It was before uh, uh, TAN was formed. And I said, hey, guys, I've got something. I'm going in. And uh, um, I asked the principal if I could offer it to some others. And he said two or three. And all three of them said, no, Emmett, it's too risky. I don't know no, telemedicine. It's not even legal yet. Uh, how can you do that? And uh, a year and a half later, uh, it was the first uh, uh, deal that we syndicated through TAN. Uh, we used convertible notes uh, and, uh, and um, uh, 13 or 14 of the TAN members came in at different levels with, uh, with convertible notes. The minimum was 5K. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, the other really nice thing about that was that was the first time I, I was a lead investor, right? The oh, first nice. time I invested, it was, yeah, the first time I invested, it was a private placement and I got to know the other people. There were three or four other people. And actually one of them is, is Florian Pop, who's one of our founders at uh, TAN as well. Yes. And again, great to meet a guy who puts the cards on the table and discusses things and tells me about, you know, what he's concerned about, what he likes. So it's, it's been, it's been really good getting to know and work with, with, uh, with Florine. Uh, but the, uh, the other aspect was it wasn't just uh, Transylvania group uh, that invested. We reached out and uh, three members of the Timmy Schwader group called Grochenio invested mm-hmm. and a special purpose vehicle with eight or nine uh, owners behind it uh, from, uh, from Tech Angels down in Bucharest invested. And it was one of the first investments where money came from uh, all over the country. That's super nice. I didn't knew that. It's, there was no, was there something written in the, in, in press or something that's super yes. nice? I mean, especially this collaborative part between three cities. Yes. Yes. It was, it was, it was good for Telios and it was good for, for TAN. And so we did, uh, we did promote it. Um, um, uh, and, and Philip uh, allowed the, the round to stay open longer because it took more time to, mm-hmm. to, uh, 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 to, to have these other discussions uh, after people from locally had done it. But we talked about it and, and, and Philip understands the same idea. Philip is American as well. He has Romanian heritage. His grandparents went moved to America in the late 1800s, yeah. uh, but he came back. And, and so again, that idea of the expats who know that uh, how, how to do business and how to be collaborative and how to make exceptions and, you know, the guys in Bucharest were, uh, were, were the guys in Timisoara were quite easy, two meetings and three people said we're in for the minimum. The guys in Bucharest, it was several meetings and it was VC types of questions. And I, one guy even said to me, why the hell's the lead investor pitching to us? I said, I'm not pitching. <laughs> this is about the collaborative effort that we've discussed with Tech Angels several times. So it, it, was, a, it was a challenge, but in the end, very rewarding. Um, that, that the guys in Tech Angels uh, didn't think like that one person did, that they understood and they knew. Um, and Tech Angels, uh, they came up here to, to Cluj about six months before that happened. And we had dinner for the first time. And, mm-hmm. uh, and with Grochenio, we, we, got on the, we got on the phone and, and, and on Skype and talked to them. The, uh, uh, the president of the European Business Angels was down in Bucharest and Philip was there. Um, I wasn't able to make it down there. And uh, Philip said, you know, this is what we're doing and I'd like to do it for Telios, but it's also good for, for TAN and for, and he said, man, if you guys are successful in getting the, the angel networks to, to communicate across the country, you'll be the first ones because across Europe, they're in competition. 
And for the most part, everybody invests within about 200 kilometers of where they live because there's all kinds of angel networks. Mm -hmm. How many angel groups are there in, in the UK, in Spain, in France? And so they're kind of in competition for the deals. Whereas here we have enough deals where we can share because mm -hmm. it's at the beginning and there's not so many angel groups. And therefore we know it's good for us individually. We know it's good for the ecosystem. We know it's good for the startups. So it's, it's not, the, it's not traditionally Romanian again to collaborate, but here we are again, talking about Romanians that are putting cards on the table and, and inviting each other to the meetings and introducing startups. And, and it's, uh, it's quite rewarding. And the next step will be to solidify it and do other investments um, as well as uh, um, take it outside of Romania and be able to reach out uh, yeah. to other angel networks as well. And, and we, uh, yet for now, we don't have so many startups because that would also increase competition and you know um, appetite for something interesting. So No, it, the, the, the lack of competition is because there aren't so many uh, angel groups. There are a lot of startups. Look at Seedlink, right? They're they're they're, they're listing somebody every couple of weeks, and yeah. you know, tonight we have a we have a we have a Tans the sixteenth meeting is tonight, and we've got three startups, and Mircha has to go through and kind of pick and choose which ones. Some are ready, some are not ready. Sometimes it's good to bring them before they're ready. Sometimes it's not. So there are plenty of uh, startups. Uh, the next step is the uh, plenty of startups that are. Uh, quality, uh, plenty of startups that are quality that are ready to be invested in or taken mm -hmm. to the next level. So there are some filters, but there there's much more opportunity uh, this year than last year. And uh, a lot more than there was four or five years ago when it was two or three uh, companies to look at or two or three uh, quality startups that you would think about risking some, some money on. Uh, and, and look at the success of uh, of uh, a number of uh, you know typing DNA out of Aradia and yeah. uh, and Xvision down at Bucharest and so many others whose names you know I don't uh, I don't have off the top of my head but now they're getting millions and uh, you know they're moving to London or or the UK or they're not right uh, yeah uh, so uh, yeah so the quality has has come up and the opportunities are coming up uh, there is too much money I think in, in the market. Uh, I, th I think there's too much uh, because angel investing is la moda because uh, 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 real estate uh, has, uh, has, uh, is awful crowded uh, mm -hmm. and because uh, the rates at the banks are very low. Um, there's a lot of people looking to invest and even VCs, they're in big competition themselves because they yeah, all have so that's, much money. That's, that's I, something I, I can see as well. Yes. I tell the startups, they have a huge advantage, huge advantage. Uh, and just like you were talking about with your board, I make that suggestion to every company that I mentor. Pick very carefully whose money you take because they're your partners. Yep. And if, if you know, everybody knows they're supposed to get smart money. So that part's easy. Yes. So I, I'm, I'm in telemedicine. I got to find guys with money who know telemedicine and healthcare. Yes. Okay, good. But it's that next step that we talked about, about the personal you know, and I even heard uh, uh, an investor here in uh, uh, in Cluj uh, at the Texylvania event last week, who who said that um, uh, when the crisis hit, uh, somebody asked him, you know, did you did you call up and, and put pressure on the startups you had invested in? And he said, absolutely not. And this is a guy who's who's pretty tough and and and, and it's put pressure. He's been a client of mine. I know the pressure he can put, but he realizes that that the market is changing so much and there were so much. He said, if I put up pressure on them, it, it, it's it's just going to hurt them worse. I got to help yeah. them. 
yeah support and the market is already yes. challenging them you have to support yeah exactly yeah exactly so that's what i tell the startups is, is, is sure smart money everybody wants smart money that's a good thing um but uh uh, you you got to find people that you can work with, you can disagree with, that you can have problems and resolve them. Uh, that's uh, that's what's important. And yeah. one of the startups said that on on on, on uh, Texylvania as well that that he's looking for somebody that he can fight with, and then move on and, and stay partners, not get the business divorce, but stay partners. Disagree with that, and he's got some VC money, so he's disagreeing with VCs, which is even harder than angels because in general they're a little. Uh, uh, a little bit tougher, a little more demanding. Um, yeah, they put more, they have more more pressure than and than angels. Yeah, more money, more pressure. Yeah, I agree. And <laughs> you said this and mentioned a couple of times. Like um, today, you support and mentor and invest like uh, in startups, uh, and you also mentioned Telios in the in the entire process around it. But what do you think are some challenges that Romanian startups are facing when you mentor them? Uh, what are some things that they kind of Uh, get blocked or just plain challenges that they have in comparison to maybe. So I, I've heard about the, the egotistical uh, uh, founders and startups, uh, but I have not run into any of them, thankfully. Okay. Um, so that's one thing that can always, you know, that, that you, you don't know how to listen and, and you, and you, you, you're too much in love with your idea or your business model and you don't, you don't can't hear that you need to pivot or change or do something differently. Um, and, and, I, I bump into it a little bit and sometimes you should have that, you know, this is my idea. This is going to work and you're wrong, Emmett. And I'm right that, 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 and if you're, if, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, you really need to believe in yourself and that's great. The biggest challenge is what we touched base on before biz dev mm -hmm. and then sales and marketing mm -hmm. and then customer service. <laughs> so first yes. you got to find them then you got to win them <laughs> then you got to make it profitable and win more and then you got to keep them and none of that is easy yeah. and very little people have the experience uh, in that side of things i tell I, i i say kids i tell the kids all the time i don't care what it does i don't care what the widget is i don't care it's better than everything else all i care about is who you're going to sell to what's your margin how big is the market Who's your, you know, so, uh, and that comes from business school books back in the fifties used to say, if you build a better mousetrap, but you don't have distribution, sales, marketing, it doesn't matter if you catch twice as many mice, because nobody's going to hear about you and you're not going to be on the shelf for anybody to buy it. And so yeah. it just doesn't matter that your mousetrap is, is 10 times better. Yeah. The guy who has the sales, the marketing, the distribution, he's going to put you out of business. Exactly. I agree. I fully agree. That's something yeah. I uh, I see as well. And uh, I've been me personally, uh, being a startup founder, I've been uh, kind of in in that situation, and you know, even received you know um, super helpful advices and uh, directions from you, and also from more experienced people from the ecosystem that I had conversations, and they opened up my mind around the product is not everything. Sometimes it's even less than you know what the people think, and it's really about uh, distribution, go-to-market, sales, and, you know, like you said, customer care after that. So super important. And especially from the technology side, it's even the same here at Veertech, where uh, I, I heard that for a client, they built something, and the client loved it. And they're like, hey, it's really not very good. It's just a beta version. It's, you know, it's going to be so much better. I didn't have so much time. I was like, wait a minute. Didn't I hear that the client loved it? 
Yeah. You know, he went from Excel spreadsheets to your app. And, you know, so that's what, no, it could be so much better. I'm like, I understand that and that's good. But GE equals GE. Good enough is good enough. Perfection yeah. doesn't exist. You know, you know, you got enough exactly. time and money. Sure. You could, but so even here at Veertech, you know, we build uh, here at Veertech, we're not doing traditional outsourcing. We're building products for our clients, for them to work with their clients. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, it's quite uh, interesting in a, in a, in a, in a way of kind of understanding because, uh, um, we actually do have a startup that we think will become a unicorn. They're getting pretty close to that valuation. They won some awards up in Scandinavia. Um, One of the Vitek client portfolio? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And when it happens, uh, hopefully we'll be allowed to talk about it. But until then, we're not allowed to talk about it. Looking forward uh, to it. But it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's super cutting edge and, and they're, they're, you know, Dockers and Kubernetes and stuff I'd never even heard of before. These guys are, you know, just doing things, doing things, doing things and, and, uh, and always looking for the cutting edge. Uh, so it's quite interesting to see from a business side, because I'm not a tech guy, mm-hmm. but how can, you know, how do we help our clients and what business are they in and, and where are they at in their cycle? You know, we have family run business, been a client for eight or nine years and it's a, you know, two aunts and a, and a nephew and, 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 a, and an uncle or something. And they're, they like just being where they're at. They, they're not a startup looking to take over the world. They got yeah. a nice business and versus, you know, the other end of the scale is uh, that uh, particular startup that uh, uh, someday we'll be able to tell you about. What should startups from Romania be careful of? What would you recommend uh, them to be careful of? Yeah, uh, falling in love with, uh, with your idea, uh, uh, building features that nobody's going to pay for, Balancing the thought of um, I should test it and grow, start the business and, and see if it works in Romania with uh, you should be international and take over the world. Um, <laughs> it really depends upon your business and depends upon your abilities and your networking and your product uh, uh, as well. Um, those are some of the challenges. It's quite at uh, Texylvania. I even, I even teased Vlad and Juana, the, the, the owners of Texylvania that a few years ago, it was like, you know, uh, outsourcing is terrible and product will save Cluj. And I keep reminding everybody that outsourcing is what we cut our teeth on. It's how we learn. It's how we grow. It puts bread on the table and, uh, you know, 50, 50, outsourcing and product uh, I'm okay with that mm-hmm. you know 90% outsourcing and 10 I got you we need to do better and create IPs and create value here in Romania mm-hmm. I agree but uh, uh, there's a few other entrepreneurs uh, that I know of that have nice companies that say outsourcing is going to be around for a long long time and I never want to touch a product hmm. I'm going to be an outsourcer people need my skill sets to help to build their products and that's what I know how to do it was even on the stage of Texylvania where he wished the owners of a couple of big companies that you know of here in town that said that we're building products. And he said, I hope you're setting up a separate company and I hope you're doing it in a different building because it's a different business and I hope you guys have success, but yeah. I'm just going to stay as a services company. It's even from a company culture wise, a software, a software development agency and a product development agency. It's totally different. Like the mindset, the culture, the people, they have to have different grids and frameworks of motivations of values of skills. Uh, and they have to be complementary, and then like everything changes. At least, at least from my studies and reading books and so on, everything changes. And like it's a different, different business model. It's it's a different business. One is a product business, and the other is a service business, and those are 
Those are just different businesses. So yeah. well, everything, everything is different and it should be different. There's some, there was some case study uh, where some big company set up somebody in, uh, set up one group in great offices with, uh, with the, you know, the pool tables and the, and the foosball tables and the, and all the fun and the beer on tap and everything. And then another group they threw in a basement with bad lighting and bad heating. And they challenged them both, come up with a product. You got one year. And this company got, uh, this group got twice as much funding as that group. And, you know, it's a classic, uh, I, I can't remember the name of the company, but obviously the, those that were bootstrapping and entrepreneurial and stuck in the dark had to work a lot harder and be a lot smarter and, yeah. and, and, and watch their budget and really know. Um, and so, you know, maybe it's an urban myth. Uh, but, uh, but usually, um, if, if you got too much money and that's another thing that you said to watch out for, um, I tell these guys all the time, don't take too much money. Don't give up so much equity. You know, if you can, yeah. if you can get, and from my experience, that's what I did. I got clients to pay me to grow my companies because I gave them a service or a product and, and they paid for it. And the longer you can bootstrap, means just the more I'm going to have to pay in valuation for your equity and yeah. that's good for you and your team. Um, and that's, if you don't, you know, if, if, okay, take a little bit more than you need because there's unknown unknowns, but don't take two or three times what you need just because it's being offered mm -hmm. because there can be things that too much money around, uh, won't help you to focus. Won't help you to make tough decisions. Oh, I got enough money. I can try both. You yes. know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so, going to be uh, too, so much, too much of a comfort zone, financial comfort yeah. zone. Yeah. 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 At Telios and uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a recent uh, AI for visual analytics uh, startup, uh, people are like, what, 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 why are you raising so little? Yeah. You should be raising a million. And, and you know, we, we with Telios, we raised, uh, it was 100 to 200. Uh, we raised 200. And, and uh, this AI for visual analytics, uh, we just raised 60,000, uh, 60, which was 10% on the, on the valuation. And again, valuations have gone through the roof and uh, people say, well, if you don't value it more than a million dollars, then it doesn't really have a value. And so you really, and I strongly disagree with that <laughs> um, because if you don't have any clients and you don't have a working product and you, you know, I, yeah. how can you tell me that you really are worth uh, a million? That's just uh, a bubble. <laughs> the Silicon Valley Ponzi scheme to somebody. <laughs> No, no, this is, uh, this is something that I hear in Europe and mm -hmm. I hear right here in Romania that, that, that phrase, oh, well, I mean, if you, if, I heard it in Hungary, I was talking to somebody in Hungary, uh, uh, uh that's got a, a FinTech lab. Um, and, uh, so for me, uh, one, two, three, three of the four I've invested in so far have all been below a million mm -hmm. at the, at the investment, at the investment stage. And uh, one of them, I really, you know, there's been two or three that I really like that I'm like, come on, three million, four million, five million. Um, it, it just doesn't seem justified to me. Mm -hmm. um, but it kind of depends. The, the other aspect that was very interesting for me uh, was I had an epiphany at, uh, uh, at during the holidays. I, I hurt my ankle. And so I, I couldn't go around and enjoy brush off with my family. Uh, my <laughs> brother and sister-in-law came in from, from Brussels. And, and so what they were going in and enjoying, I was sitting around. And what I realized is that I was looking at uh, a lot of the investments in terms of the percentage that I would own of the company. And this is something that a lot of angel investors, I don't want to get involved unless I have a piece and then I, you know, so it, it kind of depends, but it's really an entrepreneurial mindset. The investor's mindset should be on the X, 
not on the percentage. Yep. So who cares if I have one-tenth of 1%? One but if it goes yep. up 10x, 5x, I have a profit. And this has allowed me to invest in, uh, in a company where I have a little less than 1% which I never thought I would ever even bother with. And I'm looking at one where I'll have one-tenth of 1% because the valuation is quite high. But that's okay uh, because that's the idea is that look at the X. The percentage is nice. I like that percentage. I like to get involved. But in some of them, I'm just going to be an investor. I'm just going to put the money there and, uh, and help them out however I can, but not get involved in the, in the day-to-day. So it's, uh, it's, it's been interesting. And I just got an email um, this morning from a guy who said, no, I like to have between one and a half and 3%. So I'm not going to invest in that one because, uh, you know, okay, fine. I understand. Everybody's yeah. got different, yeah, different parameters. Again, I'm going to just uh, go back to our fundraising strategy. And that's also one of the um, unique selling propositions that we have whenever we, we talk to somebody is that, Uh, you're going to have a much better return than the VCs have on their investments if you're going to invest in the venture studio. Uh, So, and uh, again, the thing that we mentioned is that you should be focused on the X and not on the majority or, you know, on the percentage of what you own over there. So, Absolutely. And on the other side, it's interesting because I hear startups tell me, oh, I didn't go to that accelerator because they wanted 7%. I was like, well, hang on. Would you have gotten more than 7% of value? Did they have connections? Did they have knowledge? Would they have helped you? You know, okay, 7%, who cares? You still have 93. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, no, Emmett, it's my, it's my startup. I can't be giving it away. But, yeah. you know, they, you do have to trade for value. And sometimes they, they get a little bit uh, obsessed with, uh, with those types of, of things. And I have to admit, um, I've been in that position as well, which you're saying right now. Um, it was asking me not 7%, but it was asking me 25%. And uh, I think that's not the, maybe the good question to put, to ask yourself. Maybe the question is, okay, let me, let me see some, you know, uh, track history of other startups that you put 25, you got 25% uh, from, and what did you do in exchange of those 25%? Where did you take them from, you know, uh, first day of the accelerator uh, up until, you know, third, fourth month? Well, how did you, how did you grow? And if that makes sense, then yeah, go for it. I mean, if you don't have anything that proves kind of, and just justifies your value in terms of if you have a product, if you have, you know, clients, paying clients, recurring revenue and so on, then it's like, a, it's a, it's a no brainer. Definitely. And coming back to yeah. evaluations and bootstrapping, that's also what, what we did until now. I mean, we're two years over two years in the making and we, we kind of, we had, I think spent over, until now 120,000, euros we've built a studio launched two two companies and built a go-to-market department and you know got a, a good list of clients uh 20 20 paying clients so i think that's a really big unique uh, advantage when you go to the negotiations table on the fundraising because you you kind of have something right on on your side for which you can negotiate and not go like scared and have that emotional feeling of, oh, I need this money. I need this money, right? So it's kind of like a different emotional position within within the founder. At least that's that's how I feel it. I've uh, I've suggested to uh, to several startups, but nobody has taken me up on it yet. Um, that I will do negotiation as a service. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, the negotiation as a service is, is just something I've I've come up with uh, because um, negotiating is a skill. 
and I ask them, who does your negotiating? And what mm -hmm. out, of, out of 10, what do you give yourself? A five? Well, boy, oh boy, you're not going to do very good uh, with, with a guy who's an eight or a nine. Um, and it's something that, you know, again, it's a weird, crazy idea of mine. But it's a service, just like you're talking about. Anything is a service now, and you're outsourcing. Everybody wants to outsource everything and save money. So I have, uh, I have yet to uh, have anyone take me up on it just yet. Uh, but the small startup that I invested in, uh, which is hardware, that's Tully, my Tully, which is a hardware device for kids with ADD and ADHD. Mm -hmm. um, I said to him, I said, look, I got such a tiny percentage. You know, you think I could negotiate for you and help you out and do some things so I could grow my percentage? He said, sure, Emmett, we'll see, you know. Uh, and he's a guy with the MBA from, uh, from Berkeley. So he's a smart, oh, smart nice. businessman. But he knows that if two of us go into a room, then we got a little more strength against the four lawyers on the other side of the table. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Locked in arms. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So uh, two healthcare startups is Telios and, and my Tully. Um, uh -huh. the, the the recent one I just uh, went through Seedblink for the first time, the equity crowdfunding platform down in Bucharest. That's um, a cybersecurity, cloud cybersecurity. Yeah. Um, total instinct. I had two ninety-minute talks with uh, the entrepreneur from uh, from Cluj. And uh, he was actually contacted me outside of TAN. He saw I was an American in IT. He was ask, asking me to sell for him in the U.S. <laughs> um, so two in the healthcare and, uh, and this AI for visual analytics. Uh, and that's, uh, that's it. I, I'll be part of the founding team. I'm going to uh, promise a, a certain number of hours. Viertech is, is 40 hours a week, and I still have five or 10 hours a week to have work-life balance. So mm -hmm. I found that. I've been looking for that for, for, for quite a while. Uh, it wasn't a fit at, at, at Telios or other places. Um, so um, I know that, uh, that you asked me in, in, in the questionnaire, what, what do I look at? Uh, everything I read and everything I know from entrepreneurship is that it's all about the team and the people. And, you know, do they have, uh, you know, can they listen? Can they pivot? Can they deliver? Can, do they have uh, good skill sets and separate skill sets? Um, how are their egos? Uh, all of these things are, are, are really quite important. I know there's been some studies that sometimes market timing, yeah. like that wave I caught in garbage. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just so good. It doesn't even matter if the team is bad and the idea is bad, but the market is great. Then, then you know, sometimes uh, market timing can be even more important than the team. So there's mm -hmm. some studies. I, I was Y Combinator or 500 startups uh, did a study that came out and said, it's not the team all the time. You know, it's so, uh, yeah, so that's, that's the key for me. And especially at an angel level, um, uh, I want to be working with, uh, with people that, uh, that I respect and I can trust, uh, I can be honest with, I can disagree with. And, uh, so far, uh, that's, that's been the case. Um, uh, the, the founders at my telly are parents, they have jobs mm -hmm. and they mentor at startup competitions and help out other startups, let alone having their own startup. Wow. Yeah. Busy. So, yeah, yeah. So people said to me, hardware, I mean, what are you crazy? What are you nuts? I said, well, you know, it's good for the kids. It should be good for, 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 for people, good for parents, good for the doctors, um, because there'll be some data there and, 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 and to help uh, kids. It's a, a problem all over the world. Uh, I told them early on that, uh, that hardware is harder than software. And mm -hmm. they came back six months later and said, how did you know that? <laughs> but at Veertech, we do, uh, we're not just a software house. We also do hardware testing. 
Mm -hmm. so telecommunication devices. We have two different, the longest clients that we have are two different uh, telecommunication type devices, and we do their hardware testing for them. We mm -hmm. also do some embedded programming now as well. Again, the trust. No, we've never done that before, but if you're asking us to do it, sure, we can grow a team. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, that was them asking and us telling the truth and saying we have never done it before, but yes, oh, we can okay, do it. Okay, got it. Yeah. So they yeah, were yeah. asking about it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which was, again, the, the, the trust aspect of things, as well as I'm sure the cost differential between doing it in the U.S. and doing it in, in, uh, in, in Romania. But, uh, but really, that's, that's the key because nothing is going to go to plan. You know, what's, what's, you know, what's the first casualty of war is the plan. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you see all these, you know, your plan is this and reality is going to be, you know, ups and downs and, uh, and all kinds of problems and issues. And so how do you handle them? How does the team handle them? How do you handle them with the team? How, do, you know, the market's going to shift all those types of things. So it's, so for me, it still is really, it's about the people and then the, the product market fit plan would you say angel investing is more is more about human side the human side and venture capital investing is more around data models crunching data and forecasting on those numbers i i can't disagree with that because usually the vcs are coming in later when there are numbers and the angels mm -hmm. are there in the beginning where there aren't numbers uh and it's just a plan and a powerpoint or one or two clients or you know i used to be an accountant so for me uh validation is profit right? and it's very hard to find <laughs> profit in a startup so in the you know, then revenue okay how about revenue you know <laughs> revenue and low expenses but as an entrepreneur i used to say to people okay you got some idea you want to try something to do some good double the expenses have the revenue and how does it still look good then maybe you got something mm -hmm. because you're always going to think that the revenue is going to be too high and you're always going to think that the expenses are going to be too little. But if you double one and cut the other in half and you still have a nice profit margin, then I would say, let's talk. Yeah. So the numbers still matter. The numbers still matter to the, to the angels. It, 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 it really uh, is quite important. And with the people in, in, in Transmont Angel Network, it still is kind of tough for them to, to understand that, hey, you know, Emmett, where's the revenue? And, and, and I haven't seen the books with the accounting program and, and, and had no clients yet. These are the things that, uh, that supposedly angels are supposed to, uh, to earn more because we're taking those bigger risks and we're getting in at, at the lower valuations. That's the theory. I'll let you know about the practice of it <laughs> in six or seven more years, because I'm supposed to be doing it and not expect anything for somewhere between five and eight years, uh, depending. Long run. Uh, but that's okay. That's, that's business. That's in general, mm -hmm. even, even, you know, you, you read about these VCs that want 300, you know, 3000% in two years and they're getting out. And okay, I guess it happens. Sometimes they sell it off to somebody else. That's their business model. But, um, you know, from more from an entrepreneurial standpoint, it takes a long time to build a business. You know, yeah. it's, it's, you know, it takes a long time to build a business for sure. I, I'm, I mean, I cannot say I learned, I learned that, but I definitely, see how the, the actual reality moves at what pace in terms of uh, what was in my mind and how fast I thought it's going to be moving. And I kind of was biased on all the uh, PR articles, you know, tech startups, fundraising, going, scaling to so many cities. And that's not very close to reality. I mean, the PR can magnify some things, right? And not in a very good way uh, and uh, down to earth. 
Um, Emmett, I have my final question over here and uh, we're going to wrap this. It's been um, super fruitful and full of insights. And my final question is, what is your uh, top three favorite startups from Romania and why? I would put a, put a, <laughs> I would put a bracket on it just to say the ones that you didn't invest in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I added that to the question. Otherwise, it would have been an easy question to answer. I, I I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at a number of them now, but I'm agnostic as to as to the area uh, mm-hmm. of of where to invest, uh, and uh, I I'd I'd rather not list some companies because I'll forget a couple of them. Um, but uh, I don't have anything in fintech, so I'm looking at two fintech right now. Mm-hmm. Um, healthcare, I really like the idea of that, and the, the the market is great. I already have two, so to add another one would be okay. Uh, agriculture, I've got nothing. I'd love to be in agriculture. There's so much going on in agriculture that yeah. would be fantastic. Um, real estate, uh, you know, um, uh, Bright Space has just started in real estate, and I knew Bogdan, and, and somehow, some way, we didn't connect, and so he's uh, he's done he's done well. Uh, Medic AI and Marius was the same thing. We just, we just talked last week in Texavania. It's like, oh man, we missed each other, you know. So there's a there's just, there is a lot of opportunity, and there's there's a lot of good startups. Uh, 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 Bogdan and, and Marius are two guys that um, that have some prior experience, which is hard to find uh, as well. Uh, it's also hard to find that you know you you you've seen that statistic that most successful entrepreneurs are, are started their business in their in their early 40s or mid 40s. Right? <laughs> it's not all Zuckerbergs, right? Everybody yeah. thinks about again it's, PR impressed, yeah, yeah, and that's it. So it's 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 that same idea that you talked about that you know the the press is about UI path, and the reality is that that is real. It happened, mm-hmm. but it's the exception exactly. to the rule. Yeah. Uh, so uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of really good, uh, interesting startups. We got three of them tonight uh, at uh, Transylvania Angels Network. Um, and uh, like I said, I don't want to I don't want to leave anybody out. Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, there's great opportunities out there everywhere. Uh, and it's it's you know it's about finding the right fit and then the timing. Uh, because I don't have so much money that I can invest in everything I'd like to. And I read that I'm supposed to be saying no more often than I say yes, a lot more often than I'm saying yes. Uh, and so that's also uh, part of the challenge uh, because it's really cool as, a, as an entrepreneur, you know, sit down with a team and hear how excited they are and look at the opportunities. And, but then in the back of my head, I just got to remember 80 to 90% fail. 80 to 90% fail. <laughs> oh, but these are great guys. They're good kids. Oh, they're so excited. This is going to, you know, yeah. so it's, it's, uh, it's a good challenge. It's a, it's, I said to Mircha, I said, we, you know, we started two years ago and now we're busier and busier trying to keep up with all of the startups and, and, and where they're at at any given time, hundreds of them. Um, so there's plenty of good opportunities out there and, uh, you know, if anybody uh, would like to talk to me about their opportunity, they can certainly reach out and, and let us know at the uh, Transylvania Angels Network or Clue Startups if you're at a little earlier uh, uh, place in your journey. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Emmett, for uh, dedicating a couple of, couple of minutes from your time. Uh, <laughs> Come on. That's a couple hours now. A couple hours. <laughs> I'm sure we'll edit it. It'll be edited down. Yeah. We're, we're going to edit it too. I mean, uh, maybe one hour to and a half. But otherwise, I mean, the conversation was so good that I couldn't just uh, stop, uh, you know, you, you explaining some super, super important things. Um, 
I think this this was amazing, and I think this is going to be something that you know the listeners were going to appreciate in terms of your knowledge and definitely getting to know you um, as a human being, as a person, and what uh, they could you know ask you or ask for support from you. And I think um, they you know they they can always have you know a trusting uh, partner in you, and kind of that's what I wanted to kind of showcase of. Uh, you know, from your, your, your track history, your professional background and, you know, where you're kind of specialized in and how you can, you know, help the, the tech startup ecosystem. And I think that's going to be super helpful for anybody who's listening, uh, Emmett, if they want to reach out, where can they reach out to you and, you know, ask for, you know, guidance, support or things like that. Uh, LinkedIn is always a good place to start. Uh, and, uh, you know, just reach out and, let me know why it is that you'd like to talk to me. I get a lot of people ask me to connect on LinkedIn and uh, don't write anything. And I get uh, a, a lot of times I will write back and then I won't get a reply. So I won't connect to them. Uh, I, I'd like to know, would you like to talk to me about Veertech? Would you like to talk to me about Telios? Would you like to talk to me about Transylvania Angels Network? It mm-hmm. helps me to prioritize, uh, you know, how is it? Maybe somebody else at Veertech is better to talk to than me or at, same thing at the Angels Network. Maybe they should really be talking to Mircea or go to Clue Startups. So I think it's really important that when you reach out to anybody, uh, whether it's a client, a VC, a mentor, is explain who you are and why it is that you'd like to connect and you'll be in the vast minority. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a super, super good, uh, super good uh, uh, advice. And uh, me personally, I always apply it. It kind of feels strange when you just uh, connect, connect, because then you kind of give this feeling of quantity and not really quality. Yeah. So it's important. Thank you, Emmett. And um, hopefully we're going to have uh, a chat pretty soon. Maybe even this uh, this uh, client, upcoming client from uh, from Virtex portfolio that they're going to uh, announce their unicorn uh, level. So uh, maybe we will get you back and talk about something more. But uh, until then, thank you very much. And, thank uh, you. I appreciate what you're doing and, and the idea of sharing the knowledge is, is really what you're about. And, and that's why it's easy for me to commit uh, time uh, to, to help others and, and spread the, spread the knowledge, spread the wealth. Uh, sure. We, we definitely need it. We still have a long way to go. Thank you. All right, Stefan, thank you as well. Have a good day. Thank you for listening. Remember to subscribe, share, and review our podcast because the voice of our community keeps us going forward. Find more episodes and discover different perspectives about tech and business and in our daily life. Thank you.